Hello, everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 16 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today, our podcast welcomes Alex Fisher, an alumnus from John F. Kennedy International School in Stad. Alex, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Alex, let's start by letting you introduce yourself to our listeners, please. Of course. So my name is Alex Fisher. Um, I went to JFK, as you mentioned. I started there at the age of five. I uh, did my studies there until I was about 13 years old. And then afterwards, I was uh, I went to another uh, well-known Swiss boarding school called Le Rosé. Um, I grew up in Gstaad. My, my father's from Gstaad. Um, so I grew up in Switzerland. My mom is a big mix. On my grandparents' side, she's... Uh, they are Swiss, Spanish, and Argentinian Dutch. So I grew up in a multicultural, multi-language household. Um, but uh, I did my education in Switzerland. And as you mentioned, you were a local family from Stad. How did you enjoy having such international classmates? Well, I have to say having international students uh, was definitely one of the highlights of the school. Right, You got exposure to so many different backgrounds and cultures. And that's that's truly unique. And some of my best friends came from countries such as Kazakhstan, Italy, or Spain, um, just to name a few. So it was really worldwide. And uh, students come from all over, and it's not just a local uh, group of classmates. Exactly. And what were your favorite things to do off campus? Could you share a fun story with us? <sighs> yes, yeah, sure. So I mean, off campus. Given you're based in the mountains uh, and the school focuses so much on sports, you actually end up doing a lot of sports outside of school. Um, but one of the funny things or one of the things I remember best is with a friend that I still speak to today. So imagine after 23 years of knowing each other, we had a bit of an entrepreneurial drive and uh, we started selling sweets and beef jerky to our fellow classmates. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, uh, the school is is both boarding and and day students, so you had you had both. But the boarding students weren't able to have any food in the rooms, and uh, you weren't allowed to go to like the local supermarket or, or store in, in the village uh, to get some food. So as a result, we found this unique opportunity to be these young little entrepreneurs. So we pulled some money together that we got from our parents, for, and then we we saved it up. We would do a trip to one of the bigger cities in Switzerland, like Bern. <laughs> we went to this American candy shop, bought all of these things like toxic waste and all this awful stuff. And uh, and then we'd sell it to the students and, and made a little profit. <laughs> <laughs> this is so brilliant. Was, uh, it's safe to say that your entrepreneurial skills were born at JFK. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That, uh, it started with candies, then it went on. We saw there was a need for this beef jerky. So one of the local butchers makes this fantastic beef jerky, and I brought it to school once as a snack. And I gave it to some friends, and they, they, they absolutely loved it. And I said, well, you, okay, you know what? Business opportunity. So <laughs> I'd, go, 
I'd go to the butcher, stack it up. I tell my mom, look, just buy all of them. She'd be like, no, you can't. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd buy all of them, go back to school the next day, and start distributing all these little packs of beef jerky to to all the boarders. This is brilliant. <laughs> this is absolutely brilliant. Alex, how about yeah. trips and excursions? Do you recall any trips that you took with the school back then? Yeah, so the school really focuses on doing trips. Um, you do trips actually throughout the year. Uh, two that I can highlight or two that I remember vividly. One was a, a trip that's done every year to Ardèche, that's in the south of France, where we'd spend a week doing all sorts of activities from canoeing to rock climbing, caving. Uh, we'd live in a tent, so we'd sleep in sleeping bags in a tent. Wow. Uh, and then do a bunch of team building activities and, and a lot of fun stuff. So I remember hating them at the beginning. So when I would first go, I think I was about eight years old the first time I went to it. I just absolutely despised it. I was crying. I didn't want to be there. How come? I think, I, well, I didn't want to, I think I didn't want to leave my family. I didn't want to leave Chad. Mm -hmm. I, I just, yeah, you're going with this whole group of people. You're with the teachers. You're going somewhere you don't know it's maybe a little bit overwhelming but the second trip the second time around was absolutely brilliant and you know these trips were done every year and then throughout the year you also had more local things so um we would always do these hikes so we'd hike to various mountaintops across the region uh, two really famous ones you can google them it's called wildhorn beautiful mountain so you'd spend the day hiking up the entire school You'd have your backpack, you'd have your sandwiches, you know, spare set of clothes. You'd walk up, you'd have lunch up in the mountain, and then you'd spend the evening uh, up in a hut. And there you'd, for dinner, you'd generally have, you know, you'd see the sunset, you'd do some sort of games, and then you'd have a big Swiss dinner, like a fondue or something like that. And the next morning, excuse me, the next morning you'd uh, wake up really early, uh, you see the sunrise, it'd be absolutely freezing because you're about... You're almost 3,000 meters above ground, above sea level. And uh, so, you know, when you're eight years old, <laughs> nine, ten years old, you have your sweater, you have your little hat, but you're still freezing because you're, you're tiny. And, uh, and then you'd walk back down the next day. And that, that was, that's something that, you know, at the time, maybe you think, ah, oh, it's a bit annoying. But then when you look back, you think, wow, that's just amazing, right? Oh, and I'm sure that so. over the years, it eventually got to a point where you guys would cry because there weren't enough trips, right? Yeah, I mean, over time, right? You 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 do less of these things uh, as you grow older in your in, in your academic life. But definitely throughout Kennedy, that was that was a big focus on being outdoors, especially given you're in the mountains and you're such a beautiful beautiful place. Uh, the school really emphasizes being outdoors, but also you know learning about the outdoors. Exactly, Alex. Do do you think any of your teachers influenced your liking of a particular subject or sport? Um, difficult one. I think I don't think it was influenced by a particular teacher. I think over time I was very lucky with the teachers that I had. Uh, I got along with them very, very well. Uh, all the teachers have very international backgrounds. So, you know, some of them came from uh, other academic institutions, you know, from the States, from Canada, from the UK. So it's very, very broad. Um, Academically, I was always trying to push myself, but the teachers would encourage you, right? So if you have the drive and you have the desire to push yourself and go above and beyond what's needed, the teachers will never say no. 
Um, when it comes to students that maybe struggle with school, uh, that's also, you know, that's, that, that can also be the case. And there, you know, teachers, given the classrooms are so small, teachers are there. So you have a very one-on-one study. Um, when it came to sports, I definitely had a teacher or like a coach uh, that did impact it. I was a very big swimmer. And she just was brutal. I mean, every every time we went swimming, she just pushed you to your, your limits, and she just wouldn't. She would just she wouldn't really care. She's like, "Come on, I know you can do better." And you're like, "Ah," but uh, she definitely was an influence on on teaching you, you know, mental grit and, and going above your limits. Yeah, it's interesting how later in life we can appreciate and look back and see, you know, what the teacher was trying to do there with, you know, helping us overcome our own limits. But yeah, at the time, it's not That's as fun. And <laughs> it's, it's not no. as fun in the moment. No, you and, and you know, what I found is you really start reflecting on these things. I mean, it sounds weird, but once you start applying to jobs, and especially when you finish your, let's say you finish your bachelor's and you go into for your first job interview, a lot of questions will be related to your past experiences. And whilst you may not have much work experience in the formative internship, you have a lot of experiences in you know, middle and high school that you can leverage. And things like that are very good examples right, of you know, teamwork or dealing with stress. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and uh, punctuality and discipline. And there's so many skills that you don't, don't realize are being instilled in you at such an early age that exactly. come, in, come in handy uh, later when you're getting ready to enter a workplace. Alex, as you mentioned, after JFK, you went on and continued your studies at Le Jose. How do you feel JFK helped in preparing you to get admitted into a school of that caliber? So I think JFK mostly helped me prepare in that I was able to communicate with people from many different backgrounds. Uh, I, had inter- I had a very international experience. Uh, Rosé is a very international school. It's actually a very focused. It's a bilingual school, so you take classes in English and French. So I also had the luxury of having that at Kennedy. Right? We had language classes as well, so that also played a factor. Um, education was a big component of Kennedy, but also sports, uh, you know, extracurricular activities. And Rosé was a natural fit. They follow the same principles and guidelines of you know, being in a Swiss environment. You have to speak a Swiss language. You have to work very hard at school, but you also have to be active in extracurricular activities. That doesn't need to be sport. That can also be art. It can be music. It can be anything creative, theater. Uh, for me, that it was more sport, uh, but it allowed you to, you know, go go. It was a, it was a more of a natural fit. Yes, absolutely. Um, in my background. Yeah, and as you said, one uh, is the natural progression of the other. So, yeah, that's that's definitely in line with uh, what I was thinking here. And are you in touch with any school colleagues from either school? Yeah. So I mean, some of my best friends. Today, so I mean, I'll be 26 tomorrow. So I met some of these guys when I was three years old, three, four years old, and I still speak to them. Yeah. A lot of them from Kennedy School, a lot of them from Rose. Uh, One of the big things that I realized is, you know, given you had such a, such a close experience or you had such a, you shared the same, you know, period growing up. 
uh, that no matter how long you spend time apart, if you end up reconnecting, it feels as if it was, you know, 15 years ago. So it's uh, it's really, really nice. Uh, yeah, I was speaking to this colleague yesterday, actually, well, last week, four, not even, four days ago, it was his birthday. Um, and he lives in, in the States. He left to the States about 10 years ago, lives between the States and the Cayman Islands. And, you know, we're still friends. We speak on a regular basis. So that's that's really unique. Yeah, that I think is the common denominator. No matter which school we talk to, everyone agrees that the best gift you get from the schools are the friendships. Yeah. Alex, you mentioned you're about to turn 26 tomorrow, so happy birthday tomorrow, but uh, definitely still young to be, a, to be a parent. But I wanted to ask you, what can parents who are investing in this kind of education expect? Well, I think, I mean, parents have a very difficult decision to make, right? Children spend the majority of their prime years at school, um, not under their parents' guidance, especially if you're a boarding student. I've seen that with my friends. I mean, I went to a boarding school after, right, with Jose. So, you know, as a result, the type of institution that you decide to send your child to is very, very important. Um, I think there are many international schools available around the world, even more so in Switzerland, and there's very big names. So I think parents need to evaluate maybe a bit what their priorities are. But for Kennedy specifically, I think if you want your child to grow up, you know, as a day student or a boarder in a really friendly environment, safe environment, where, you know, it's not purely academics, it's not purely extracurricular, but you have a good balance of both. Um, you're forced, not necessarily forced, but you, you're encouraged to learn one of the local languages. I think that's what you can expect, right? Uh, parents can expect to be work their children to be surrounded by international students. So even if they feel like, oh, well, you know, if we're coming from some further away country, let's take the example of Kazakhstan. You know, the decision to send your seven-year-old child as a boarder to a Swiss boarding school is difficult. You think, well, my son doesn't even speak English. He only speaks Russian. How's he going to get by? And he has. I speak to him today. He lives in Geneva. He, when he first came, he did not speak a word of English. He learned English, he learned French, and he wasn't the only Kazakh student at the school, right? There were six of them. So that's something unique, right? You, I mean, that's something you can expect. Um, I also think, although, you know, Kennedy has changed since my time, I think that the environment is still similar. I can see it, you know, my half-sisters are currently at the school. Um, I've, I've, I've visited regularly. Um, and it's very, very similar to when I was there. It is. It um, is. Although, yeah, although the years have passed, the spirit of the school has remained the same. And, and I couldn't have explained it better myself. So thank you for sharing that, you know, they offer such a great balance of academics and the sports and the outdoors and the environment. I think that's that's exactly what it is and what you feel when you walk into the school. What role do you think your education played in shaping you as the individual you are today? Well, as I just mentioned before, right, you spend so much time of, of so much time of your life in school, it's naturally going to have an impact on your development. Um, in my case, I think school had an influence in that I was forced to learn certain subjects, do certain things that maybe I did not want to do, <laughs> like all of us. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I also think there's a major role that comes down to the individual and the type of student or person that you are. 
Um, yeah, in my case, I was very proactive. I really enjoyed school. It was more fun than a chore. Um, and I know that's not the case for everybody. But, you know, my parents were always there to support me, encouraged me. And I think that's the most important. So as long as you take it seriously, don't mess around too much. I think education you know, is, is really important and can really shape how you uh, develop going for, forward. Absolutely. Um, you tutored students for more than five years. Do you think you incorporated any teaching methods from the teachers you had in school in your methodology? Yeah, so I did a lot of tutoring. I tutored a lot of students, uh, mostly because I realized that there was a need. Uh, I started when I was uh, when I went to Rosé. A lot of colleagues, um, a lot of younger colleagues who were at Kennedy at the time, family friends, um, were struggling or needed some help. And I thought, you know what, I, I did quite well. Let me let me try it out. Uh, teaching methods. I think I did a lot of learning by doing. So. You know, there's a lot of different teaching methods out there. Uh, you know, everything from lectures to like guided instruction and all these other types of things. Um, but me, it was more learning by doing. Essentially, you know, one-on-one, more of a one-on-one session. Uh, explain the concept, and then have the student explain it back to you as if you were someone who didn't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and that I found to be extremely successful in the way I learned my things. And uh, it's been quite successful in my teaching to students, I would say. So very much learn by doing, recite to your professor what he just taught you, and then practice, practice, practice. That's the only thing. If you don't practice, you won't get better. You know, the famous saying, you need to spend 10,000 hours on something to become an expert. I mean, that's 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 true. So... That's uh, essentially what I was doing uh, with my students. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, sounds weird to say, but yeah. no, no, that 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 is what you did for so many years. And in your current role now at BlackRock, which is a global asset manager and technology provider, you're responsible for developing and expanding relationships. Do you think being exposed to a diverse environment in your formative years played a role in allowing you to easily develop relationships as an adult? Definitely. So I've been working in sales now for about five years, and I do attribute some of this success to my education. Uh, One thing in particular that stands out when I think of Kennedy uh, was oral communications. So the school once a year would organize an event whereby in each class, in each grade, uh, one would need to create a speech on any topic of their choosing. It could be anything from chocolate to gaming to the aurora borealis and you'd have to make a five-minute speech when you'd need to memorize it and then you'd present it to the class as well as various teachers then those students which had the best presentations in each class were selected to present in front of the entire school including the parents and any friends and family that wanted to join Um, so i remember being elected Um, i was elected a few times and i'd just be rehearsing hours in my room you know, trying to perfect my speech, reading it out loud to my parents, making sure I wouldn't mess up on stage. And, <laughs> you, know, you you can imagine an eight-year-old boy oh talking on stage, on stage for five minutes in front of about 200 people or more about chocolate. Quite intimidating. But, you know, the school did that. 
And I think that really helped with public speaking and uh, definitely helped me with my career now. You know, I speak, I, I represent the company at various events around Switzerland. I speak to clients, you know, across uh, C-suite to, you know, entry level. So that's definitely something that played an impact on, on my uh, yeah, skills. Teaching, teaching, teaching kids their elevator pitch at a young age, right? Yeah, yeah. An elevator pitch is very important. Also, interviewing skills. Uh, absolutely. Interviewing skills are very, very important. Yeah, because your your resume will will get you at the door, but then it's that interview that's going to make it or break it. So I totally agree with you that those are indispensable skills. Um, what is your proudest accomplishment? That's that's a really hard one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't really know if I have have like you know one specific thing. I'd say one of my proudest ones though is is being self-sufficient and independent at my age. Um, I'm definitely proud of that. So I'd say that's definitely one of the big ones. Uh, you know, maybe another one completely unrelated or maybe very different to education or, or work-wise is um, I'm, I'm very big into doing these uh, trail runs with obstacle courses and, and these like half marathon type of things in the mountains where you have military obstacles and things like that. So I've completed a few of those. They're called Spartan Race. Uh, so I'd say that's an accomplishment. I'm happy I did that. It absolutely is. I've seen people competing those and I don't know how you <laughs> make it alive to the <laughs> other side. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think it's worth including them in your in your accomplishments because they're not easy. Yeah, no, they're not easy, but uh, they're really good fun. You're crawling through mud and jumping and going up ropes and going through all yeah. sorts of like super tough uh, obstacles. Exactly. Yeah, no, it really teaches you uh, mental grit and uh, determination and not giving up because after, you know, once you start doing it, you think, oh, yeah, well, five kilometers, no problem. Ten. <laughs> yeah. Once you get to kilometer 20 and onwards, you say, okay, when is this going to end? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Speaking of grit and determination, Alex, what is your personal definition of success? That's, I think success for everyone is a little bit different. Right? Mm -hmm. um, for me, that's setting goals and meeting them right? uh, or, or doing what I set out or what I say I set out to do. And that can be you know, little daily goals such as, you know, waking up early and, and going to the gym or, you know, maybe longer term goals saying, okay, in the next six months, this is what I'd like to do with regards to my job or I'd really like to complete, you know, uh, you know read X amount of books or, or anything like that. So for me, success is doing what you say you're going to do and uh, being able to check it off your list. I have to say this is one of my favorite answers ever because I personally never thought of success <laughs> of accomplishing something so, so simple such as saying, oh, tomorrow I'm going to wake up earlier because, you know, I'm going to work out or whatever it is that you set up for that day. But yeah, it doesn't have to be so far out in the future. It could be, you know, a, a daily achievement. I like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? So exactly. if you set yourself... <laughs> If you set yourself little goals every day, it makes everything much easier. And then you can say, well, you know what? Actually, today I did 
five things, check them off my list. Tomorrow I'll do six. I am. So. Yeah, I'm definitely on board with that. <laughs> and I can't believe we're already towards the very end of the podcast. I've enjoyed the conversation with you so much. But before we let you go, what advice would you offer students who are arriving at JFK right now? So one, thank your parents for the opportunity. You don't know how lucky you are. Um, some people take it for granted. So that's definitely the first one. And second, which leads to multiple other ones, is make the most of it, right? Make as many friends as you can, participate in as many activities as you can, learn as much as possible, and just consider yourself lucky to be able to grow up in such a beautiful area. Uh, you're in the middle of the mountains, you're in the Sunderland. It's a great place to be. It's a beautiful place to be. And, you know, people travel all over the world to come and visit. And not many people can say they grew up there. So that's that's the uh, that's the other point. That was beautifully said. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It was brilliant. And if any of our students wish to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? Definitely. Alexander Fisher, work at BlackRock. So you can definitely find me, send me an invite. Tell me you heard about you heard about me on the podcast. I'm happy to speak to you. Thank you so much once again, Alex. And if anyone else has any other questions about anything they heard on the podcast today, feel free to contact me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thank you for listening and I'll see you soon. Bye.